0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 457, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 1st. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 457. It's our comic reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, March 1st. Um, a lot of comics came out last week, but uh, before we can talk about comics that came out on March 8th, which was yesterday, as I record this on the 9th, we should first take a look back at comics that came out on the 8th. Uh, sorry, the 1st, I should say. Um, some of the highlights uh, that I will not actually be talking about on this episode, but did come out, and I did want to at least mention that they came out, Uh, Included new issues of, uh, well, first of all, the launch of America from Marvel. Uh, New issues of Aquaman, Batman, Bullseye, Cyborg, uh, Deadpool, uh, Death of Hawkman. It's the sixth issue. I'm excited to read it. I'm actually really enjoying these kind of weird mini-series that kind of are in their own little pocket. Uh, they take place in the DC Universe, but they're kind of doing their own thing in a lot of ways. Death of Hawkman's one of them, and I, I'm actually really enjoying it. It's kind of, a, it feels very throwback-y, but in a good way. And um, there's another book that actually came out this week, which is also kind of in line of what I would mention is what these books are. Uh, there was a new issue of Doctor Strange, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, Hawkeye, Justice League, Midnight and Apollo, last <laughs> issue of that. Uh, the new issue of Monsters Unleashed, new issue of Moon Knight, which I'm finally caught up on, except for obviously the newest issue. Uh, new issues of Nightwing, Spider-Man 299, Star Wars, uh, Flintstone, Totally Awesome Hulk 1.M.U. and totally uh, sorry, the Unstoppable Wasp. I almost said the Totally Unstoppable Wasp. That'd be incorrect. Uh, so, what did I actually get a chance to read? Well, that's a good question. So, first up, we have Avengers number five. Uh, this continues the current storyline uh, being told by Mark Waid with artwork by Mike Del Mundo. I liked Mike Del Mundo. I just don't know if he's quite the right the right fit for uh the type of story that's being told by mark wade um some of the creepier aspects when they are here are obviously really well carried out because that's just the style of artwork that mike Mono is really good at but considering we're getting like the classic versions of the avengers you're getting like kind of the mid-80s kind of view of the avengers as well um i just don't necessarily think this was the best artistic fit um, again, it's not saying it's even bad art. I just don't know if it's the right fit for this type of story and for these characters. Um, plus, time travel stories always make my head hurt a little bit. Um, for example, uh, I watched DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and I find it to be one of the most frustrating shows ever, just because um, the whole idea is we don't want to screw up time, and it all they ever do is run in and screw up time it's so badly that I don't know how reality in any way looks like the way it should because of all the massive aberrations they've caused throughout the run of that series which just drives me absolutely bonkers um, so I, I like I like the story I the art is not quite there for me um, I'm gonna give the issue a six and a half uh, I think the artwork does bring it down a little not because it's bad because it's just not um, not not in my view, I just don't think it's the right fit. I don't think it's the the art that quite matches the tone and the tenor that the, of the story uh, in the way that maybe I should. Uh, next is uh, one of the aforementioned books I mentioned, which is The Fallen Rise of Captain Adam. Um This I absolutely adored. Um... I just thought this was so much fun. Uh, this book in general. Now I do think that the second issue was the best issue. Um, it was tragic and sad. Uh, this was a very interesting issue though because we have Captain Adam is now kind of back in his present. He's dealing with the fact that you know he's lost his his wife because of the you know time travel. Um, his powers are different. He's kind of under the thumb of the um, of the military, and then he finds out at the very end that. He actually has a son that he didn't realize um which I mean the minute we found out she was pregnant I'm like well that's obviously what's going to happen um so even though the writing was definitely on the wall, it still works as a reveal, um, and I, I just think it's a really interesting story. Um, again, the last issue was really phenomenal. Uh, issue two, issue three was good, very enjoyable. Um, I don't know if it quite cut, you know met the same levels of quality that the, that the issue two had, but I definitely think it is interesting, and, and I'm excited to see where they go with this and where they you know kind of try to decide to take Adam them, them. They're already taking them in different ways in terms of how they're utilizing power, so I'm interested to see how that continues to be explored. It's written by Carrie Bates with uh, co-plotting by Greg Weisman, and uh, it's got art by Will Conrad. Uh, overall, it's an enjoyable read. Um, I'm kind of hesitating between a 7 and an 8, so I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, solid read, enjoyable, and I think fans of Captain Adam should like it. Uh, next up is Champions number six. Um, this is written by Mark Wade, our work by Umberto Ramos. Um, it's. I still enjoy it. It's not like I don't. I And I do like the idea... First of all, I love the idea of the champions doing another training exercise, this time playing paintball. That I like. Um, the idea of using... Um, I can't even remember what they're called. I think they're the freelancers. I, I really wasn't a huge fan of them here and how they're written. Um, I just... They don't do a lot for me as characters. The whole idea of them kind of uh, getting mind-controlling or kind of messing with people so that you can kind of turn people against the champions. Um, It's an okay plot device, but that's just what it feels like as a plot device. Um, I did get a chance to read... Um, I don't know when it came out exactly. The champions, what, 1.MU or whatever, they introduced the freelancers who weren't actually even created by Mark Waid, which I thought was interesting. Um, I just i am not super into them as characters thus far, um, but maybe once they have time to kind of grow and develop that I'll be a little bit more interested. Um, otherwise, I thought the issue was a little uneven. As a result, you have some really good training montage um, at, at the paintball range, and then you move into the freelancers, and I just didn't think they really captured my attention or made me that interested in what was kind of going on with them and how they were being developed. Uh, so that is that next up is the clone conspiracy Omega. Talk about a divisive book, talk about a book that I'm not even sure how I feel about. Um, parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't it just, it it was an odd book it's written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage well the main story is called Collateral Damage artwork by Corey T. Smith who is actually very good Uh, then we got uh, Give Us a Wink, another story by Peter David and Mark Bagley setting up the upcoming Ben Reilly Scarlet Spider book and then uh, we have the story called King's Favor by Dan Slott and Stuart Eminen who are also the new creative team uh, for the upcoming uh, run on Amazing Spider-Man starting with issue 25 which I believe is a $10 book um, first of all, the art. Uh the art in the main story here I thought was great. Um there's just a lot of I don't think the story was that strong by uh by slot. I thought there was some character beats that didn't quite work. No, there were some moments that were really strong, like Peter in the tomb was kind of interesting. Uh, the fight against Rhino, I don't know if really worked as well as it maybe showed have, but I did like that it was you know basically Spider-Man trying to talk down the Rhino instead of just fighting, and I thought that was interesting. And I'm interested to see kind of where they go with that. I actually hope we get to see the Rhino actually being developed. Because he never gets the development he deserves. And when he does, it's quick, momentary, and then it's pulled away. Uh, and then later, writers kind of forget about it. Um, the whole uh, Kurt and his family... I don't know how to take this. Um, because the art is, kind of makes them look messed up and weird. But, like, are they okay with what's happened? Are they just kind of, you know, mindless you know lizard monsters? Because, again, Kurt was supposed to be Kurt in su- trapped inside you know, the lizard's body. But this almost seems like it's different. Like, he's not quite being written like he's that version of Kurt and then it looks like his family's, like, alive but, like, totally messed up and, like, mindless by the looks of it. Um, so I'm just... I, I just don't know what's going on. And, again, the artwork is beautiful. Um, I just don't know if the story really managed to capture it. It's ping-ponging in so many different places. I think in a lot of ways it is a bit of a better wrap-up than we've been, we're getting in certain other places um, throughout these, you know, the last a couple of issues. You had Clone Conspiracy number five, you had Amazing Spider Man 24, and then you had this. Um, in some ways, I think this was a little bit stronger uh, because it felt a little bit more coherent. Um, then you have Give Us a Wink by Peter David and Mark Bagley, which is kind of leading up to the Ben Riley book. Um, I like the design on Ben Riley, but again, I don't know if I'm really going to enjoy reading about this character the way that he's written here. And I like some of the Peter Davidisms, isms but uh, I I just don't get it. Some of this stuff is just weird. Uh, ben, you know, kissing the Doctor, I don't get that. Like, I just don't know. And then we have King's Favor, which is kind of interesting. I mean, the art is beautiful by Eminem. And uh, it's kind of leading up to, you know, what we're going to be getting next. Uh, in Amazing Spider-Man. But again, the whole idea that, you know kingpin's got something and he's going to give it he's paying back his favor and it's a spider-man it's not like this really it doesn't feel like it's capturing a beat that's actually been earned because we haven't seen you know peter looking for osborne you haven't established something where he's going to be like you know wanting this information or this is something that even mattered to him like it just feels so out of left field that the you know fisk is kind of like you know what? I'm pretty sure you want this, right? Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Like it just—it didn't work. I'm anyway, gonna give that issue in a whole. Ah. I think it's a six because the art is good. Like Bagley's great, Eminem's great, um, and I already forget what the name of the other artist was. But those three artists are fantastic. The problem is the writing. It's not the art. Like the art's great. I would say the art is like an eight out of ten for sure. Uh, the story, just not. So I'm gonna—I'm gonna end up giving it a six. Um and then next up we have none other than what's uh what was next to my pile here? Uh we have Silk, which is uh which is good. I like this. Um an emotional kind of aftermath issue considering what had happened previous. Uh it's interesting, I read this without even having realized that I had missed Silk 17 and then just read this. Um I thought it was a really strong story. Um, I like, you know, kinda how the character was written. I'm interested to see kind of where they go next. Um, and now Cindy's kinda getting a new status quo of her the joining shield. I'm up for this. I'm interested. I like this issue. I thought it was strong um, and enjoyable. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. And last but not least, by any stretch of the imagination, we have Superman. Superman 18. Uh, this is a big one, because this starts the um, Superman Reborn storyline. And it's written by... Let me see here. Uh, Peter G. Tomasi and Patrick Leeson, with pencils by Patrick Leeson. Um, i got to say, I read this, liked it, and then this issue of this week, I've already actually read Action Comics Comes After It. Um, which, to be honest, was co- kind of a cool reveal, but also... I don't know if it quite worked for me in the same way. Um like anyways, I don't want to spoil that. I'll talk about that next week. Um this issue I thought was really effective though because it was it was creepy, it was scary. It was, you know, this the sudden memento shows up and uh, suddenly, you know this blue, this you know blue flame is engulfing everything, and then John disappears. And it's creepy. It's scary. It's very kind of tragic. And you know this, the the this, these two parents are are so scared that they may have lost their son suddenly, and in their li- li- their whole life, like their their home is was all gone. Like it's definitely a great part one because it just establishes the stakes really well. Uh, makes it personal. Um, but it also makes it kind of creepy and scary as to what's really going on. The artwork by Gleason is fantastic. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I was really strong and just some really great stuff. Uh, so that is a definite 8 out of 10, if not almost higher. I think that was the, the best book of the bunch that I read and reviewed thus far. Um, so moving forward, so if we look at some of the highlights uh, that came out, uh, the week of March 8th, which we'll be talking about in our next Reviews episode, which came out yesterday as I speak. Um, some of the highlights, because um, there's a lot of books that came out. The big ones, I mean, obviously, as I said, there's a new issue of Action Comics, a uh, new issue of Detective, new issue of IVX, which ends that arc, sorry, ends the event. We've um, got a new issue of Old Man Logan. Um... Let's see, there's new issues of All-New all Wolverine, Captain America, Steve Rogers, Deathstroke, Dr. Afra, uh, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, which I'm actually pleasantly surprised by. Uh, new issue of Jessica Jones, Justice League of America number 2, uh, Justice League Power Rangers, uh, Man-Thing, uh, which I think is by Arnold Stein, which is kind of interesting. New issue of Mosaic, uh, Nova, Power Man and Iron Fist, Silver Surfer, Spider-Man Deadpool, Suicide Squad, Superwoman, uh, Flash, uh, Titans, and Wonder Woman, amongst other books as well. Uh, so we'll be talking about those in our next episode. Uh, anyways, I just want to thank you for joining me for this episode. You can email me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Um, our upcoming episodes, we have our conversation with Paul Galassi episode, which will be coming out, I believe, in a couple of days. Uh, it does need some editing, so it might take a little bit extra time to kind of get it put together. Uh, in coming weeks, we'll have a conversation with David Banks, who is unofficially known as the godfather of uh, a comic book binding on the marvel marvel masterworks forum uh, it was a really enjoyable conversation actually just had this evening um, which i think you'll really enjoy especially fans of the show have come to the show from the marvel masterworks forum and have an interesting collections especially maybe in getting stuff bound i think you'll really find it intriguing and interesting i definitely did um, i didn't know a lot about comic book binding now I know a little bit more and i'm definitely kind of interested and excited about the possibilities um, that can be explored and and, and kind of taken advantage of if you know what to look for if you know what to ask for Um, we talked about you can get like you know replacement omnibus sleeves um, if you don't like the original ones and they can kind of approximate what they should look like for example he mentioned on the interview um, the frank miller uh, daredevil omnibus um which has a kind of a, a weird dust jacket which doesn't look like anything like every other omnibus it really set apart and not necessarily in a good way and they can do replacement uh sleeves uh that can approximate what they're supposed to look like and then eventually if you have them all next to all the other omnibuses they'll actually kind of look like they belong there as opposed to kind of being this weird aberration um which is kind of cool. So there's a, a bunch of things. So that's a, a really great episode. Um, I'm excited to release that. That'll be probably two to three weeks away. Um, next week's kind of up in the air. It might be a spotlight on Beauty and the Beast episode, so we'll have some good stuff come down the, out down the line. Um I'm trying to think of other interviews that are coming up. Uh, Eric Larson will be coming back to the show at some point in the next month or two. Uh, Howard Mackey we're still working on. Uh, Adam Glass um the writer of uh, the current uh, run of Rough Riders amongst many other things as well as being involved in uh, television um so there's a lot of good stuff coming down the the pike as we enter into our spring season uh so thanks again for joining me for this episode for episode uh what did I say this was 457 I think uh so thank you for joining me and we'll catch you next time bye-bye